0: You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson, as the theme song mentioned, and alongside me is Fran Duffy. Fran, how are things going? Wonderful, Chris. We're uh, we're one man short today. A little short. A little short here. So as we're going to get into our opening segment, just a few moments, three and out, we have a third person missing. So we are looking to fill... The third person of the podcast. Now we will have our producer Brian Thomas. He'll be in in a little bit moderating the game time. Brian, how are things going?
0: Good, good. How are you guys doing? How are
1: you guys doing? And we have Chris Stevens behind the scenes as well. He's reaching for the mic as if we're going to get him on here. Just, no. just slow your roll. Pump the brakes right? a little bit. We, we've got you. We have a special feature that we will involve Chris in in a later episode of the podcast. So he will be part of the plan. Chris, so in a a Chris is a in a doghouse. Chris is in the doghouse right now. Yeah, so it does a great job producing, but, you know, come on. you got you got to work your way up the ladder. Patience, young man. Patience. So, anyway, we want to break into the Eagles' dominating, thrilling, exhilarating 40-17 win over the Baltimore Ravens, who advanced to 2-0 and in the preseason. And we will look ahead to Saturday's dress rehearsal, the third preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. Our interview this week is going to be linebacker D'Amico Ryans, who is slated to make his return to the field, return to game action for the first time since tearing his Achilles back in November when he was making his return to Houston where he started his NFL career. So we'll talk about that and much more. And uh, we will have game time, which Brian is going to moderate this week.
0: Figured I'd throw the questions out for you guys, and you guys can uh, can take your opinions on it.
1: We'll do a little, uh, so we'll have the game time. We'll do a little enemy intel. Look at the Packers, since it is, of course, uh, the crucial third the game. You expect to see the stars for about a half. And then uh, mailing it in, some great questions from you, the fans out there, on Twitter. So we will go through those as well. But leading things off, as always, is three and out. One, two, three, three three three. Three is a magic number. <laughs> Three! Three! Now it's time for three and out. So, obviously three and out doesn't quite fit right now because we don't have the third member but still, we're going to go back and forth on a couple key topics from the Eagles win. Again, 40-17 over the Baltimore Ravens. Starters dominating once again but the big story to me Fran, Sam Bradford. You look at the numbers. 3-5 for 35 yards but it's been now over a year since he suffered the second ACL injury and you saw him perform well in the pocket. You saw him be able to move the ball down the field. It was a 12-play drive, 14 snaps total, which resulted in the Ryan Matthews touchdown. You saw a couple of key third-down conversions. And, you know, say what you want about whether it was a dirty hit or not. I think it was dirty. I think he was going after his knee the whole time. Still, the most important thing is you saw him take a couple of big shots, right? get right back up, and be able to keep moving the ball down the field. Yeah, and that
2: was the thing I was l- most looking—not looking forward to. You know, obviously are not looking forward to seeing him get hit, but that's what we re- wanted. Though that right. was—that's what you—that's what you wanted that's to see. What you were waiting for. You wanted to see him get hit, and then how he, would he react? And you know, he took that first shot from Terrell Suggs, and then uh, the one that I was more, uh, I guess, intrigued to see him react to was the second shot he took, where he just took that shot right, uh, right in the middle of the pocket uh, to his upper body, and he, I mean, it was it was a hard shot. You got uh, a bloody lip from it. Yeah, he got a bloody lip from him. I mean, it was, a, it was a good lick, and you know he came back the next play. He got up, popped right up, went to the line of scrimmage. There was a, uh, a handoff to DeMarco Murray that went for negative two yards, and then he hit Josh Huff on a crossing route for a first down. So it was really good to see him
1: bounce back in that kind of a
0: way. Was it a dirty hit?
1: Yes, because talking to players, they will say that the guy coming off the edge usually hesitates because they don't know if it's a run or a pass. Talked to Darren Sproles after practice today, and he said seeing – Suggs come off the edge, he wasn't stopping. Cause Sproles was the one who took the handoff on that play, and he said Suggs was coming coming right after the quarterback. He wasn't even looking at the running back whatsoever. So in his mind, he was like, I'm going after that quarterback And you heard from Jason Peters after the game, talking a lot of trash. Seemed like it, I don't I'm not gonna, you know, put myself in Troll Sugg's mind and say that it was definitely a planned attack on his knee, but certainly it did not seem like everything was clean that he definitely was going to make himself known on that.
2: Uh, and it goes without saying that next year when the Eagles play the Ravens, we know the number one storyline going into that game. Of course, yes. So, so Stash this one away.
1: You're going to beat this storyline to death? <laughs> this is going to be the storyline right. that you're sick of by the time next yes, year. Yes, correct. Is there, will, will Terrell Stokes still be playing? Uh, that's a good question. Getting, I mean, he's he's getting up there. He's getting up there. So And hopefully Sam Bradford thrives. Absolutely. Obviously, that's what you want to see. No question. Now, in some respects – was it the best thing to happen? Because you saw the hit right on the knee. Yep, It was early on. And you saw Sammy. You saw Sammy a little feisty. That's the yeah, one thing. There's there some, some people fire who, there. who question, you know, they see him in interviews and he's like, you know, good old All-American guy. Seems like the nice guy. Does he have that fire, that moxie, that passion you want to see from your quarterback? And we got to see a little bit of it. And, you know, after the game he said, I can't quite repeat what I said, <laughs> but... That's what you want to see. Yeah, he, I
2: mean he ba- he bounced right back up, uh, you know. And the the was it the first or the second hit? He was a little you know, a little gingerly he came back up. But uh, second hit, the yeah. first
1: the first one, again he was he, he, got was, up. he, was, he was he was chirping yeah. back at sog. So yeah, you
2: know, but look, I mean you couldn't ask for a better scenario for Sam Bradford from the first game where you saw him take a couple hits, you saw him make some really nice throws. There, uh, there were some plays you want to build on. He talked about after the game how he felt a little amped up. He was definitely felt the energy, a little wow. bit of butterflies, uh, his first game action, his first time as an eagle for sure. And, uh, you know, just seeing him. Mean, you could see on a couple of those throws there was a little bit of a hesitation. The one where actually where he took the shot, uh, there was almost a little hitch uh, in the delivery where, you know, he wasn't sure if he was going to let go of the ball. But, uh, you know, you could chalk that up to his emotions. And, you know, obviously it was a very, very uh, high time for him. Uh, you know, just getting ready to play his first game action of the season. So, it was
1: so, it was so amazing. You mentioned that hitch; he still got rid of the ball. Oh yeah, absolutely. The quick delivery. Yeah, it's amazing. No
2: question. No question. So, um, a lot to build on, but a lot really. I mean, there really is a lot to be excited about with Sam
1: Bradford. Yeah, the accuracy was off, and you would expect. Again, the guy hasn't played. You know, over a year, he barely had any experience over the last two years. He had, you know, one and a half preseason games. However long he was into that second game before he got re-injured. So, obviously, there's going to be some roster, And you want some things. You want to step away and say, look, he came out of it healthy. He took the shots. He guided the offense. What can he work on? Exactly. What can he get better? And, obviously, there are some things. I will say that my wife, she watched the game, and she was like, all I heard was about Sam Bradford and his accuracy. <laughs> what was that out there? Yeah, I, I said give the guy a break. He hasn't played in a year.
2: My you know. one of my favorite things for after games and after shows is C-Mac saying, "Oh, Aaron texted me this. Aaron texted me that." My, <laughs> my wife is a diehard fan. I love it.
1: It's uh, awesome. You know, subscribed Eagles Digest way back in the day. You know, but she's the one that's like, you know, I'm obviously, you know, very excited about. Very optimistic about the team. What's happening? Look at the brighter side of things. She's the one that's like, <laughs> let's be real. All I right? love it. She got to keep you in check. We 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 balance <laughs> each other out quite well. So we should bring we should maybe she would be a nice addition to the podcast. We All we right. have
2: talked about that in the past of doing uh, having our wives kind of step in good. for us and, and do the uh, and do the
0: <laughs> podcast. The Valentine's Day edition. I thought we yeah, yeah. That would be good. <laughs> yes, that would be oh. that would be interesting for sure.
2: Uh, I can only
1: imagine your wife Meg, talking about the draft. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got
1: nothing to say yeah. about it. <laughs> she
0: did like Henry Josie last year, right? Wasn't she a big she? Henry Josie fan? Yeah, because you know because we were
2: watching the SEC title her. game and she saw him bang up his knee. Alabama pushed him out of bounds. That's a good point. So there She you, did like it. Henry Josie. Yeah. So there you she, go. She scouts. She there scouts you go. go. Yeah, she's got, a, yeah. She's got an she eagle eye favorites. too. You're
0: teaching
1: her. That's right. So, um, But as good as – one other thing I want to bring up with the offense, the rushing attack. Yes. We saw Ryan Matthews. We saw DeMarco Murray score touchdowns. First of all, both came in the red zone which was an area that the Eagles really want to improve this season. So I think they're going to be much better in the red zone with this new-look rushing attack. But I also think they're going to be much better because they're going to be in situations where it's not going to be second and long and third and long. It's not going to be situations where on first and 10, you would hand the ball off, running back dancing to the backfield, hoping to get a home run. Well, you lose two yards, you're looking at second and 12. All right, maybe you're looking at third and eight, and you're in all these situations where it's not going to be as easy to keep drives alive where you got guys who are going downhill, picking up three, four yards at a clip, all of a sudden you're getting into third and five and third and four very manageable situations where you don't know if the Eagles are gonna run or pass. Right. And it's just easier situations to convert when you have a good accurate quarterback like Sam Bradford. Well, and we, yes, I'm still saying he is accurate, yeah. though we didn't see the best of it. So I think the rush the red zone, the rushing tech showed that we'll have a better red zone offense. And I think also you're just gonna be in more manageable situations to keep drives alive on a more consistent basis this
2: yeah. year. Yeah, and, and we were in the we were in the studio during uh, Chip Kelly's post game press conference, and um, maybe it was just me. He seemed a little giddy. Talking about it, yes. he was asked about the running backs, and he said "You know, they, they hit it inside, they came out the other side, uh, they were decisive, they were physical, they got downhill quickly. Uh, it was really, really good to see, and especially that first drive, seeing all the different guys all the different guys out of the backfield uh, get carries, all the different receivers that were targeted on the drive. This offense is going to spread the ball around, and it was a lot of fun to
0: watch. And even watching Sproles, you know, use them a lot of different ways, being in the TV truck, you know, we were spotlighting them a couple different times. Right. And I didn't think they were going to use them a whole lot, just – Get him a couple touches, but there were a couple plays he was four or five times he was hand the ball off oh, yeah, and throwing somebody at the backfield. So it's it's gonna be interesting with a, a true three headed monster kind of seeing how they how you know how they worked well together.
1: No question. So you gotta give credit obviously to the offensive line. Absolutely. Now we knew the four players who were set going into this. You got obviously uh, you know, I don't need to go through it. You know, Peters, Barber, Kelsey. The question was right guard and then Lane Johnson, right tackle. Seems like Andrew Gardner is all but locked up that right guard spot. I understand Chip Kelly doesn't want to declare him the starter, but he keeps saying Jeff Statlin's happy with things. He keeps saying himself that Andrew Gardner has played well. And we saw extended action, I think thirty-three snaps, I want to say, Gardner had in this past game because you saw him with the first and the second. Because he played with team. the
2: second the second team, exactly.
1: It seems like they are basically telling Andrew, look, this is your chance to win the job. Maybe they want to wait till Green Bay. And they figure he's already practicing with the first team. So at this point, For all intents and purposes, yes, he is the starter. But before you make it official, you want to see, obviously, more of a performance. But to me, it seems like Gardner's done enough to secure that spot so that the Eagles can say they have their five guys. Going to the season.
2: Yeah, and I thought he was really, really effective against the Colts. And then this past week against Baltimore, I thought he had a really good game as well. Uh, he gets really good movement up front. He had a, a big block on one of Ryan Matthews' long runs early in the game where uh, he was able to get to the second level on CJ Mosley and seal him off. So uh, I've been really impressed with Gardner. I mean, look, last year uh, I thought he had his ups and downs. This year so far through training camp and the preseason, I thought he's looked very, very good.
1: So let's flip the script now and go to the defensive yes. side of football. And, Fran, you really like what you're seeing on the defensive line. Well, what did
2: I text you this morning? I was getting ready to – I'm starting to put together my Eagle Eye in the Sky article, and uh, I texted C-Mac, and I said, I could do an entire piece just on the first and second team D-line. I mean, those guys up front were fantastic. Once again, uh, you look at this Baltimore Ravens front. They averaged 126.2 yards per game on the ground last year. They were eighth in the league ahead of the Eagles, who uh, we all know know, they love to run the ball. They averaged four and a half yards a carry, sixth in the NFL. Saturday's game – Against the first-team defensive line, uh, the, the Ravens ran 10 times for 38 yards, so 3.8 yards per carry. But that, that included a 14-yard run in the very first play of the game. So if you took that play out, you had 9 for 24, 2.7 yards per, uh, per carry. Uh, just a great job against a really stout uh, Baltimore offensive line Benny Logan, Fletcher Cox, Sed Thornton, uh, all those guys up front did a great job. And I thought they did a really good job as well, just playing good overall team run defense. You know, you had Connor Barwin and Malcolm Jenkins, Walter Thurman mixing it up, Brandon Graham making plays from the backside. Uh, you saw the linebackers who, and that's the other thing, we're not even taking into account Tomiko Ryans, Kiko Alonzo, Michael Kendricks, not in the game on Saturday no. against Baltimore. And you're still holding one of the best rushing attacks from the NFL a year ago uh, to such low numbers. So... Really a lot to be excited about with this front seven. And look, then we saw the secondary uh, have a lot of success as well against Baltimore in that passing attack. Uh, I'm really excited about this Eagles defense. I feel like it's they're still not getting enough credit uh, to where we're at right now. They don't
1: bite the cheese. No. That's the biggest Not thing. taking the cheese. You know, I wonder if Alex Smith, uh, one of our writers on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, uh, we were talking about whether, did Chip use that quote because we're playing the Packers?
2: Oh, maybe this week. I mean, I've heard that I've heard that before with coaches about not taking the cheese, uh, you know, up front. So
1: maybe what are it could some, be a happy coincidence. What are some of the? You've been around many coaching staffs, college, pro. What are some of the best cliches oh, that are ever thrown? I'd have to think in about your that. I, would, cause I I was
2: thinking about the the cheese one today.
1: Yeah. Um, Did you, you ever hear that one? one? You heard
2: the, the, I've, bite heard, the I've heard that. I've heard okay. the taking the cheese, and then the, wh- along the same exact thing. Keep your eyes on your luggage. Was the uh, the other who used that term? One? That, was a, oh, that was a Mark D'Onofrio term okay. uh, during my time at who was actually a former okay. Packer. So uh, there you go, another, another tie-in to the Green Bay. Um, what were the best co- – I'd have to think about this. We'd have to make this a game time at some point. Okay. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. All right, we'll bring
1: that back up. Yes. So as Fran mentioned, we talked about the inside linebackers. We are hoping to finally see one of the three back on the field this Saturday, linebacker D'Amico Ryan's the Mufasa of the Eagles' defense. He is the subject of this week's interview. Let's take it away. And now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the interview. Our special guest this week on the interview, none other than linebacker D'Amico Rines. D'Amico, thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles' entire podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, after practice, what's the
3: routine like? Uh, well, what am, I, am I keeping you from lunch right now? <laughs> definitely I'm ready to get to lunch. <laughs> but uh the routine after at practice is definitely like start stretching out getting starting the recovery phase uh, getting the cold tub or hot tub recovery boots just we have a lot of different protocols here so I try to I try to hop in the cold tub someday. sometimes I hop in the sauna just it just varies
1: some stuff that maybe you didn't do when you were younger going back in the day in definitely, Houston I
3: didn't I was showering <laughs> and I was trying to get out of the building back when I was younger. Wasn't doing much recovery stuff.
1: What's it going to be like for you this Saturday? We're hoping to see you on the field yeah. against Green Bay Packers. It's that all-important dress <laughs> rehearsal, third preseason game. You haven't played on the field since the Houston game last year. I'm sure you have gotta be thinking about it. What do you think it's going to be like for you?
3: I, th- I think it'll be it'll be fun, man. Just to get back out there and hopefully just get that first tackle, just to and fall on the ground and make sure and pop up and I'm good to go. I think that's <laughs> the last like mental hurdle that you have to cross when you have any injury. And for me, I think that's what it's going to be making that tackle, going to the ground, popping up. Okay, I'm good. I'm ready yep. to go.
1: Is there any part of you that you still are getting adjusted to, even though you've been through this injury before?
3: Uh, nah, I mean, really it's just getting back to football, really just trying to see those things. Like, I can watch the film, but it's it's nothing like, you know, everybody knows it's nothing like yeah. actually getting out there and doing it, taking the physical reps. So, for me, it's just getting back adjusted to my reads, the checks, and getting back to the speed of things.
1: Did you watch Sam go out there? He took those first couple hits. Obviously, one everyone's been talking about the locker mm-hmm. room. But did you watch him and say – I, I want to have that feeling. I want to be able to, you know, lick someone, have a tackle out there and be able to, you know, bounce right up.
3: Oh, yeah. I think it was important for Sam, you know, with him having the multiple knee injuries for him to get hit and get hit low and dirty. <laughs> it was kind of as good. I was going br- to bring yeah. it up, you know, I'm sure. that <laughs> Yeah, it, case. Was, it was good for him to pop uh, up, man, yeah. and know that everything is strong and he's he's ready to go. So I think mindset-wise that really sets you up to – have a great year.
1: Think about Green Bay. What do you recall about that game last year? You guys were coming off the big win over Carolina. Yeah. It was considered, you know, two of the elite teams in the conference. We know the result, but what do you recall about that game?
3: Man, it was ugly. <laughs> it, it was ugly. I, was, I remember watching that game and I was just like, man, I told my wife, turn it off. <laughs> I don't want to see it anymore. It, it was definitely a bad game. And and I just I just felt bad for the guys. I was like, uh, man, why can't I be out there and kind of uh, help out? It was just so many mixed emotions going through my head. I just had to, I couldn't couldn't watch the full game. But uh, so it's gonna be good for us going back here. And and I know guys still have that taste in their mouth from that defeat last year. So we have to go out and have a good showing.
1: Why is this defense now better than the one that played in that game? And obviously, I'm, you put yourself mm-hmm. in there, you'll be yeah. back on the field, but. Why else is this defense better?
3: Well I think just the the communication is much better. The, the the techniques that we're that we've perfected now, I think everybody is solid. You know, this is our third year in this defense. But I think with all the guys we have now, I think this is the best off season we've had as far as, you know, guys just really focusing in on their techniques, not trying to make wild plays or big plays. Everybody's just been focusing on the little things. And you know, when you see, you know, from the first two games, those little things add up and we have a really, you know, good showing as a, as a defense. So I, I look to see us just continue to build on that.
1: I was hoping to get you yesterday, we're taping this on Tuesday, right. hoping to get you on Monday and I guess it was sort of a blessing that <laughs> we didn't because of the news, Michael Kendricks got his contract extension, what was your reaction when you found out that he got the long term deal?
3: I, I was happy for Michael and his family, man. just happy that he he got that behind him, I know that that can be you know a weight that you're dealing with and a, a distraction that kind of keeps you away from being your best out on the field so I'm, I'm happy for Michael that he he got his deal is well deserved Michael's a great player great kid who's you know really can he's really not even scratched the surface yet I feel like Michael can do so much more and he's going to be the top inside linebacker in this league at, you know at some point in, in his career and uh but I, I'm really, really happy for him, and I know sky's the limit for him. He's going to go out and have a have a great year this year. How much
1: freeing is that to have that contract? Obviously, you've had, yeah. you know, yeah. you've gotten the big contract from your time in Houston. Right.
3: For me, when I finally got the deal, it was just a it was a big relief. Big relief. I can just go out and continue to play football and not really work because as players, you're not trying to focus on the contract, but it's just it's, it's the there. elephant in the room. Yeah. It's there. You have to deal with it. Every guy, no matter who you are, you play this game, you want the big deal. I don't care who you are. You want the big deal. And so when you're so close to getting it and you don't get it, you're kind of upset. But when you finally get that deal, man, you're really, really happy about it because, you know, you just – you go back and think about how hard you've worked high school, college, and now here in the NFL to get to that big deal, that big moment and it's finally here. Sometimes you don't know, you know, how to react.
1: What's the key to maintaining that level of consistency? Because you are working so hard for that contract. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you got, you, now you got
3: the money. Yeah. So And, and do that's the thing. That After life? you get it, now you have to turn that mindset in. You have to prove why you got that big deal. Sometimes people question, oh, why did this guy get this or this? So when you finally get that deal, you have to go out and prove that, hey, I'm definitely worth every penny, so you you kind of have to elevate your game to another level once you get the big deal.
1: Did he c- come to you at all for advice? Did you serve as a mentor to him? I mean, I know you have throughout his entire career. Yeah. Did you help guide him through this? Uh, just whatsoever? just
3: in general, you know, he had had a couple questions about you know contracts and things, so I you know gave him my advice you know, from uh from the older <laughs> older player in the room. <laughs> just gave him my advice, but uh. I think he did he did a good job.
1: How much has he grown as a person and as a player? Yeah, really, yeah he's really
3: grown a lot. We both got here in 2012 or both both our first yeah. year here, so I've seen him really grow on the field as far as his communication, anticipation of routes and and runs. So he he's really grown a lot in that area. So like sometimes right there on the field he's telling me what to do. So he's he's come very a very long way.
1: How much are you looking forward to seeing all of you guys, you, Michael, Kiko, on the field together, finally.
3: Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, <laughs> been waiting a long time <laughs> to get all of us out there, man. But uh, that injury bug has been in our room, so man, once we we all can get out there, I think it's going to be good. I know everybody is waiting to see you know how that's going to shake out the rotation of us, but I think it'll be good once all three of us get out there. I think we're going to have some fun together.
1: Is there a sense of relief that? You're not gonna be counted upon to play a thousand snaps <laughs> like you have in the past few years. Oh yeah, that's definitely. You were on pace for that. Yeah. Well, you know, before you got injured. So. Yeah, I've,
3: I've taken a lot of reps, so it's good to have you know good quality guys in the room to where you know one guy doesn't have to carry the entire load.
1: What is Kiko like? The <laughs> in few interviews I've had with him, yeah, he doesn't give you a whole lot. Right. He's like you know West Coast, yeah. laid back, chill guy. Now, what's it like being in the meeting room? Yeah, with very,
3: very Cali, like <laughs> laid back. Him, him and Michael, kind of the same. Yeah. Just, just, laid back guys, you know. Just, uh, but he's he's cool. He likes to crack jokes a lot, and he he has fun in okay. the meeting room. But he really has that that laid back Cali demeanor that I think all the Cali guys have <laughs> here. But uh, he's a he's a fun guy to work with. It's fun, you know, being with him and Michael. Both guys are fun to work with.
1: One of the other guys in the mix, Jordan Hicks, yeah. third-round pick. Uh, it was Rick Minter who said, you know, a couple years, I think you guys are going to be looking at him and say, he's built just like D'Amico yeah. Rhines. <laughs> What's it like having a young protege like that here Man, in the meeting room as well?
3: it's fun. and it's, it's weird. Sometimes I look at the film, I think that's me out there. Because really? he, looks, he looks sort of like me on the film. <laughs> so it's kind of weird for him. But he's going to be a really good player. And uh, I, I know – Definitely, in a couple of years, he'll definitely be be the guy, you know, set in the defense. Smart guy, instinctive, makes a lot of good plays. But he, he came right in as a, as a rookie. He's picked up on the defense really well. And uh, he's, he's doing a good job. So, I expect big things out of him in years to come.
1: My last question, why is it that the guys, all these new guys are in place here, we right? I mean, all these new starters all over the board, yet – the defense is further ahead than it was in previous years. Why yeah. Why is that the case with all these new faces? Yeah,
3: I don't – that's that's weird because when we first started out in defense, we weren't, you know, yeah. just picking up <laughs> on things as quickly. So, I don't know. These guys, they've come in and, I mean, I've been impressed with the amount of information that they're able to withhold and that way they're able to go out on the field and just get it done. It's been impressive to me. Sometimes I sit back and watch like, man – we weren't doing this our first year. We weren't able to run all of these defenses that these guys are picking up on. So, I think they just come in with that mentality. that They're ready to work. They're ready to grasp any knowledge that they can, and they've, they've been studying hard, man, and it shows.
1: Domingo Ryan's the Mufasa. <laughs> oh, come I on. I mean <laughs> – What's, you? You know you have you have a little one. Do you have the Disney yeah. go-to movie? <laughs> nah, I
3: don't. I don't. I don't have the Disney movie. Okay, yeah, but I guess I have to get my son to watch. You gotta get the, the Lion, Lion King. King. That's, that's, your,
1: that's your daddy. That's <laughs> yeah. right there. Oh yeah. One <laughs> one of these days he'll watch
3: the Lion King, Young Simba. <laughs> <laughs> D'Amico
1: Ryan's inside linebacker. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider right. Podcast. Thank you. Now we're gonna transition over to enemy intel. Time to get ready for game day. It's time
0: for Enemy Intel. All
1: right, this week's Enemy Intel, we're going to look at the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, even though it's preseason, you still want to look at this matchup because of the fact that, as I said at the beginning of the show, it is the dress rehearsal for the regular season. You're going to see the starters for the longest amount of time as you will for the entire preseason. In fact, like I said, I think you're going to see the starters this week for probably about a half. And then see you later. You're waiting until September 14th. When the Eagles play the Atlanta Falcons at the Georgia Dome. So, all right. Now, Fran, you have to go easy on me. My first time it's here. first time here. First time enemy intel. Friend me intel. As okay. Bill called it last week. So, I, we can call whatever you want. <laughs> all right. <laughs> here we go. Just, I'm just going to be the point guard. Okay. I'm just going to be the Sam Braver here. Just serve it up. Soft toss it to you. Let's, let's do it. And we'll start off with. Great I,
0: great accuracy, too. Remember, you're
2: going to be Yeah, the,
1: you, the, the accuracy will be there. Don't worry. You will get critiqued after. I certainly, oh, psh,
3: That's Aaron, gonna happen we'll regardless.
1: And again, remember wherever wherever you're downloading these podcasts, make sure to rate and comment. And thank that's you right. very much for subscribing. Yes. Podbean. Anyway, uh, so we'll start off with <laughs> we'll start off with the loss of Jordy Nelson. Yes. I mean, when you see these non-contact injuries, it's you just automatically assume, boom, that was a horrible snap on my part. But you know that most likely it was the ACL that was snapped. Yeah. And outstanding receiver the back shoulder fade you know Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Nelson one of the best to do it in the entire National Football League very underrated as a receiver but to me at the end of the day they still have number 12 that's what it comes down they to. still have Aaron Rodgers no question so I'm not gonna go to the level say oh you could put Fran and C-Mac out there and they would still be as good no I'm not gonna be that absurd but it's a good thing that Randall Cobb stuck around because he nearly signed with the Houston Texans, right? As a free agent,
2: and Oakland as well. I know Oakland is in, heavily involved. Yep. yep.
1: Uh, but I still think they have enough horses that they can survive the loss. Yep. And they, and don't
2: forget they drafted uh, Devontae Adams last year in the second round out of Fresno State, a guy I really really liked uh, coming out of school. So. Uh, a big possession guy that can go up and get it. He's not as explosive as Nelson, but uh, has got great hands. He's got great ball skills. I'm excited to see what Adams can do in this offense. Jeff Janis out of Saginaw Valley State. That's the other guy I was going to ask you. Yep. Yeah, I really liked him coming out of school. I watched him at, on tape, uh, a guy that can run, another big kid. Uh, built a lot like Jordy Nelson, honestly. Uh, now, is he going to put up Jordy Nelson numbers? No, obviously no. not. But, uh, you know, really, really excited to see him get extended action for Green Bay. Um but look, this offense is going to run through Aaron Rodgers. And it, we talked about it last year leading up to that game. They run, it's very similar to the Eagles' run game where they run a, a few staple plays and they run it, uh, you know, at high volume. They run the same plays over and over. But what you'll see is you'll see different add ons to those plays. They'll go hurry up and go and speed up the tempo at times. Uh, and they come at you from all these different formations. So although it's very simple, though, you know, they run double slant, they run slant flat, they run all these different West Coast staples in their offense, you'll see package plays. Uh, uh, they do all these little different variances off of those plays that, uh, that makes it really tough to defend. And when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and his physical skill set and where he's at right now mentally and in, in, in his uh, development as a quarterback, I mean, it, they're a tough offense to stop.
1: I was so disappointed by the injury because we talk about the overhaul in the secondary. And you see Nolan Carroll, who made that amazing athletic play to tip the ball to Walter Thurman for the interception. You see Eric Rowe making uh, strides. You see E.J. Biggers coming in and helping. Walter Thurman making the impact. Byron Maxwell getting the interception. It's it's a great new look there in the secondary. You want to see the test. okay? Oh, we, yeah. see a little, we saw a little bit against the Colts. And the thing is, they didn't have Frank Gore. So it wasn't like they were showing their full offensive compliment for the short time that they were on the field I mean they pulled out Andrew Luck mid-series which I don't think I've ever seen in in a preseason and then Joe Flacco you know he took the deep shot on Carroll had the overthrow that Maxwell picked off right but you only saw them for a short amount of time this is an offense I want to see the Eagles defense go against I mean they were slaughtered last year it was 53 to 20 was the final score and let's be honest was it wasn't even that close it yeah. was it was an eye-opening game for the team last year because this was when the team was riding high. They'd come off the Monday night win over Carolina where they just thumped them at Lincoln Financial Field. It was Mark Sanchez's first start. And you were thinking, man, this is their chance to prove whether they're one of the elites of the elites. And they quickly realized, no, they're not in the same class. And this, probably, this is the probably the type of game, or that was the type of game, that at the end of the year Chip Kelly said, I'm blowing up this roster because we could be 10-6, but we ain't beating the Packers in Lambeau. And if right. we're not going to beat the Packers and Lambeau with this squad, what's the point? Right. And, the, and look, it's going to be a test. You still have Rodgers there. And you look at
2: the run game. Eddie Lacy uh, and the production that he's had since he's been in Green Bay. Uh, it'll be another big test here for the front seven after seeing Justin Forsett this past week in that offensive line. Uh, it'll, it, look, it's going to be a really, really exciting game on both sides. I'm really excited to see the matchups
1: on both sides of the line of scrimmage. How good – is Aaron Rodgers at working within the pocket. Now, he he has the mobility to him, but how good is he from the standpoint of, you know how good Tom Brady is at working with the pocket. Peyton Manning, where you don't look at him as mobile quarterbacks, but they're guys who have great pocket awareness. Where does Rodgers rank in that? Well, it's
2: funny. Uh, Greg Cosell and I were talking about that in preparing for next week's kickoff show. And one of the things that he feels... Rodgers doesn't get enough credit for is the mental side and being able to play because everyone talks about his arm and everyone talks about his release and everyone talks about his movement skills mm-hmm. uh, and his accuracy, but no one really talks about his abilities at the line of scrimmage. No one talks about how smart he is in the pocket and how willing he is uh, to take a shot and, you know, and deliver the football. So I think Rodgers is obviously, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league you know, in all of those areas. Uh, that's why he's going to be such a
1: big test for the Eagles defense. Because you look at the Eagles pass rush, struggled, could not get within, it felt within a yard of him in that game at Lambeau last year. And the pass rush, I think, is going to be one of the things that we have to look at from the Eagles still. You have, obviously, Connor Barwin coming off his great season. You know what Brandon Graham's situation is as a full-time starter. That third outside linebacker, is it Vinny Curry? Is it Brad Jones? Is it Brian Brayman who's who's flashed at times? I mean, that's the big question. Marcus Smith, I mean, you know, you're hoping he's back for the start of the season, but there's no guarantees that he'll be able to – pick up right where he left off and you still didn't see enough of him to begin with to be able to have that evaluation so I think the pass rush could be something to keep an eye on this game because you want to see can they get to one of as you said Fran one of the smartest best overall quarterbacks in the entire league on the flip side let's look at the Eagles offense here for a second you're going to see Bradford in some extended action one matchup I'm looking forward to seeing is Julius Peppers long been one of the best pass rushers in all of football obviously getting to the end of his career here going against Jason Peters, who he looks like he's just playing on another level, even though you would think at his age – that he would be on the decline. Yeah,
2: especially in the run game. He's playing at a very high level right now.
1: Uh, you look at
2: a guy like Mike Daniels, I remember watching last year, and I said he, he was the best player on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix is a year older. Uh, in the secondary, they drafted two guys that I know we have talked about uh, throughout the journey to the draft pro- the podcast. What, what, was the, what was the situation with Damaris Tamar- Randall? They, they drafted Damaris Randall, and they're uh, right now they're playing him at a corner.
1: He, was in, he got injured. Did he get injured? Did, but he came, okay. He might have come back, though. All right, I'm not I'm gonna sure. I'm going to take a look and see. Yeah.
2: You know, Monday morning, I haven't gotten a chance to take a look Got it too closely, but uh, you know you have Randall, you have Quentin Rollins there from Miami, Ohio. Um, you know they've got a number of different players. We didn't talk about Clay Matthews yet. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting defense, and they do a lot of things schematically. That if they're going to game plan a little bit more, if they're going to you know start to put some different things in, because it's the dress rehearsal, we'll see some different things from that Dom Capers defense. That be the
1: thing. Even though I know I'm going a little off track here, well, another thing that I'm I don't think we would see this in the preseason. I could be wrong, but another fall of the Jordan Nelson injury is that Byron Maxwell, would we see him shadow a receiver? Because that's a that's, good that's the type of player you'd want to see it against. Right. Now, are you going to show that card in the preseason? I don't know. But Byron Maxwell has made a point to practice more and more at left corner here in training camp because he feels comfortable at right corner. And I think he's fully expecting to shadow, you know, the top receivers, this obviously might have been a situation where regular season I would think you would definitely use it, but maybe not as much the yeah, that's a good so, question.
2: That'll be uh, that'll
1: be interesting to watch. Another thing from that game last year, the Eagles even gave up a punt return touchdown to Micah Hyde. So Eagles with two punt return touchdowns, Kenyon Barner making a strong case for a roster spot. We can delve into whether you know he should get a roster spot, but I think I think a lot of people are thinking it's a lock. Look at what he's done. Well, you have three running backs and you have some very good returners. It's still going to be tough sledding. I can sense how much Chip loves them. Question is: Will the roster math work out? We'll that's and,
2: and that's going to be, I think, after we get through this game and we get to see who uh from this back end of this roster gets in in the second half.
1: That's a key sign. That's a key, key
2: sign on. of who who's got value right now. Yeah.
1: And I love I love the fact that you when you go through the tape, the first thing you watch, for example, this morning, you are telling me special teams. Who's in on special teams? Who's this starting unit on special teams? Who's second team special teams? Because that's where those last, back in the roster. You know, eight, nine spots, what have you, are gonna be decided. Yeah, so. no question. All right, so that's enemy intel. We're now gonna transition to game time. Get out your scorecards. It's game time. All right, it's time for a little bit of fun and games. It's game time here on the Eagles Insider podcast. Now, I can't ask the questions and answer them, and it can't just be the two of us, Fran. So BT. Our steam producer.
0: I'm, I'm pinch hitting today. Pinch hitting, you know,
1: come uh, off the bench. So yeah. You know.
0: Figure I would throw it out to you guys and let you guys react to it and and kay. get your opinion. So all right. More likely to happen. That that's what we're looking at. More likely. More likely, likely to more happen. Likely to all happen. Right. I like so it. Nelson Aguilar leads the team in receiving, or Ryan Matthews leads the team in rushing.
1: Ooh. Ooh I
0: like this.
3: Ah, more, more likely.
2: More to to likely to happen. I guess it's. I guess it's more likely that Aguilar would lead the team in receiving.
1: Okay. Do tell.
2: I think it's more likely just because I think that – look, I, I think Matthews will be, will be the guy uh, that gets the most consistent production. Um, but, look, somebody's got to take those targets from Jeremy Macklin last year. Okay. Uh, now, whether that's split up by committee where it goes to the backs, the tight ends, and the slew of receivers, or whether you know it's Josh Huff that becomes the guy or Nelson Aguilar that becomes the guy – somebody's going to have to take you you talked about it last week it's 130 plus targets yep. right i mean somebody's got to take those targets so um i would th- i would think that it's more likely
1: that it's agalor to me that's a tough one though i think that i'm not gonna say a lock but to me i think jordan Matthews is going to lead this team in receiving yeah i, I would barring I, it, I and I'm going, I'm going into i will view this barring injury right okay sure so strictly sandwich from bet? roll what's that sandwich bet no, sandwich i'll make, I'll make bet. a sandwich bet on that make a sandwich okay. bet all right Jordan Matthews lead a team of receiving, okay, because working out of the slot, the mismatches he creates, the dedication he's shown this offseason, he's been phenomenal in camp preseason. To me, he's going to lead a team of receiving. I think, you know, we had the we were at the fancy football right. mock draft, exactly uh, presented by Bud Light. Ton of fun there. It's like Jordan Matthews should be one of the first receivers off the board, just because you know his role, and it's just this is such a great passing attack that he'll be set in there. Now. So I'm going to go Ryan Matthews leading the way rushing because I can envision scenarios where you're going to have DeMarco Murray might be the guy who's getting your three yards here, four yards here, five yards there. But as we saw in the game the other night against Baltimore, maybe it's Ryan Matthews getting that 14-yard touchdown run. Maybe he's the one breaking off the big run. He's so physically gifted. He runs with anger and passion. Just he's an immediately, you know, downhill guy. I think it... As long as he stays healthy, he's going to thrive in this offense. And I still look. I took DeMarcus Murray in that fantasy football draft because I still think he's going to have a huge role. Obviously, but they are going to run the snot out of the football. Okay, you want to talk about deflate gate? They're they're going to be toting the ball so much that the ball is going to be losing air throughout the course of the game. Okay, and to me, I think that you're going to have one of the best rushing attacks in all football. And I think Ryan Matthews could. Have a chance. I'll put a more yeah. likely scenario here where he would lead the team in rushing.
0: This is a tough team to pinpoint who will lead it. No Because question. there's so many guys on this team. Our editor, Dana Heberling, brought this up. But he was like, I was thinking of fantasy. I don't know who to take because there's so many different guys who of are going to – Eagles
1: see. will be a frustrating team. Exactly. I think the only Except guy that,
0: that you can say is – well. For
2: sure, Bradford. Bradford.
1: Bradford, I think is a guy I would you, you'd definitely want. If Bradford is healthy in this offense, he's going to be a top
2: five top fantasy five quarterback. quarterback. Yes. No question. Um, I would say Jordan Matthews. I think you can expect consistent production from. And, and from a fantasy, you know, from a fantasy football fantasy yeah. standpoint,
0: touchdowns and, and right. yards. And yeah, things. I said they'd be great flex and and backup guys to have, but it's hard to know week to week. Is DeMarco Murray going to rush for 100 yards and have a touchdown? Right. you know. It's, do you know that? It's tough, exactly. So, especially with the use of Sproles and what he did last year. So It's interesting. So next one, more likely to happen. Kenyon Barner leads the team in return touchdowns or Ed Renner leads the team in interceptions? More likely uh, I'm going to gonna go happen. with
2: the former. I'm going to go with uh, Kenyon Barner leading in, uh, in return yards. Yeah. I would agree with
1: this one here. But who's going to be – I mean, you figure Sproles is still going to have an impact. Sure. Does this impact Sproles at all
0: in the punt game? you know I think that if
2: Barner shows that he can do it I think that helps Sproles be more of a factor on offense yes
1: that that's exactly it you know that's I, mean, I feel
2: like then you're more likely to see him and we saw him a, n- a number of times I uh, highlighted in my article this mm-hmm. week was uh, you know how many times did we see him out in the slot we saw him out wide catch a screen pass uh, we saw him on shallow crossing routes we saw that same you know the same thing against the Colts a week ago uh, I think he's going to be very very active in the passing game this year so if Kenyon Barner can make the team as a punt returner, kick returner, and take some of the slack away from uh you know from Darren Sproles in the return game, I think that'll help.
1: Yeah, I mean the backup safety spots are very much up for grabs. And Ender Realms is very much in the competition there. Um but the lead of team interceptions, yeah. It, I don't really envision that happening at this point, especially because you factor you got Thurman who's he he got the interception, he's fit in nicely. You obviously got Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I will definitely go with uh, the former, as Fran said, Kenyon Barner leading the team in return touchdowns.
0: Next one here, more likely to happen. Brad Jones leads the team in sacks, or Trey Burton leads the team in touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns. He, he did have a special team touchdown last year. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, I will say, and maybe this will be a little bit surprised. I would go Brad Jones on this, because maybe he's the sneaky third outside linebacker candidate. Now you're gonna have Barwin, you're gonna have Graham, you're gonna have Vinny Curry, who you know, he could rack up a lot of sacks in this role. But to me, I mean, if he's the guy who could be that third consistently that third outside linebacker off the edge, I would put him in the category here. So with the receiving touchdowns, I think that Trey Byrne could have a much bigger role this year. You know he's looked great. He's he's, I mean, very he's looked good. great. Very good. He was my ball. pick. He was my pick to lead the team in receiving. Frame loves him. Yeah.
2: He was my pick to lead the team in receiving in the in the preseason. Yep. And he uh, might mine. be if he had caught that first pass uh, uh, on the
1: first play uh, of the game against the Colts last week. You're doing better than I am. I had Miles Austin. Oh, who if, if if that pass had been wonk thrown, wonk you know, yeah, I, he, I think he that was
0: would, wide open. If if he on was that still play. Running, He'd still be running. Need some need some drops. We'd here,
2: have to get Chris Stevens
1: to go and chase him. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think of the. For, the, two, for of those th- of you, just n- listen to the podcast next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Learn, to learn more about Chris Steve <laughs> and his connection. <laughs> To a to current an eagle, Yes, yeah. he's
0: the intern on the uh, Eagles Insider podcast, helping Correct. us out, uh, helping Fran out with Eagle in the Sky, and helping he, us out with Eagles Insider, and doing a great job. And he
1: has something very much in common with Izell Jenkins. <laughs> For
0: yeah, those of you who exactly. know your Eagles
1: history, <laughs> so uh, are the treadmarks still on the, we on the backside? Learn, we will learn more, <laughs> but we'll learn more
0: about about Toche Stevens next week, and then, and then we do have a final more likely to happen. Okay? That's true. More likely right, to happen. Okay. Let's go chris stevens finds our sd card oh, geez. <laughs> or he high fives jason peterson in the hallway yeah.
2: i'm gonna oh, go the ladder that. i think it's more likely that, that happens. <laughs> i don't even know the story about the, <laughs> the ladder on that one but <laughs>
1: we'll have to go with the ladder on that one like so it. all right so that's been game time that's a transition to the final segment where we're all mailing it in captain Incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived.
0: And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In.
1: All right, it's time for Mailing It In. We went on Twitter to get your questions about what you want answered about this Eagles team. We got some really good ones, so let's dive right into it. First one comes from at MKTWM1 on Twitter. Wants to know, how will the Eagles battle the fact that teams will hit Sam Bradford like Suggs did and it's legal? It's a great question because Sam Bradford talked about changing his body language when he's – he's not going to be able to do that. You can't do that. The fact that the fact that Jerome Boga, the referee, called the flag, I think shows they're going to look to protect a quarterback. And that's typically what they do in the league. So I don't know if Dean Blandino in light of this is now going to say, hey, you know, maybe you guys need to – ease up, maybe be a little more hesitant. But the fact that Chip Kelly is saying that wasn't a read option, I think is going to signal that by far was chipped away. It was telling the league office, my guy wasn't doing anything. You guys need to get yourselves in check.
2: Well, he talked about carrying out the fake and saying yes. Reifer wasn't carrying out the fake. When you say carrying out the fake, you see... The guy riding with the with the running back and then running the opposite direction as if he was car- carrying the ball. Sam Bradford was not doing that, so he uh, didn't
0: have an opportunity to go anywhere. Right, he handed the ball off and then got hit, and then got hit. Yeah. And then my thing is he got hit below the knees. Yes, very similar to Kimo von Olhoff
1: hitting. Ooh, Whoa, first Carson. try, Carson Palmer.
2: Whoa, first in the, try in the, in the wild, wild card shoot. round, former
1: Eagle. How- how many times was uh were you practicing that one? I forgot that he was top here for of, a off couple the top call of days. Of yeah.
0: Off the top of the head. Oh wow! Let's oh, get delve
1: into. Oh man, that's, that's, that's right up there, that, like Sopoaga. Yeah, that's a, that's a name for Bo. Bo, yeah. Bo, would, Bo would like that. Right? Yes, that would be a a, a a name that Bo would enjoy. Certainly, yes. All right, next one. Uh, next one comes from Rob Ridarelli and wants to know who is in the lead for the third safety spots. I would say it's Chris Maragos. Yes, I would agree. Uh, very interesting. This was, you know, Fran and I were on the same wavelength at times. I don't have one one-hundredth of the <laughs> football knowledge he does, nor do I spend one one-thousandth of the time watching the tape like he does. But nonetheless, this mo- early Monday morning, Fran was going early to watch the tape, and I had looked through the, uh, the game book that the league provides to see the, the snap counts the day before on Sunday. And the one thing that stuck, stood out to me was that Chris Brzezinski played five snaps total for the game. And none on special teams, which is his bread and butter. That's how he's making this team. I was like, Fran, uh, did you notice anything? Is something up? And he texts me right like, away. I was gonna ask you the same thing. Like that's. I, thing was that this, I was going through
2: this. I was going through the special Just so you know, this is what C Mac and I text each other about at 6:30 on a Monday yes, exactly. morning. yeah uh, exactly. But I texted really C-Mac. exciting guys.
0: Really yeah.
1: exciting stuff. Um, uh, the kids are away. They're at my mom's for the week. Last week of summer, so. Part time. I was, exactly. I was in the office.
2: But yeah, I was going through the uh, the special teams tape at the time, and I didn't see Przinsky and Ed Reynolds had taken a lot of those snaps early on with the ones a uh, number of the, those different special teams units, and I, I was getting ready to text C Mac, hey, did did Pruszynski get hurt? Like, I, you know, we didn't hear of anything, yeah. and sure enough, uh, you know, Chip, Chip Kelly talked 70. about it at his Monday press conference. So, all
1: right, Seth Scott wants to know: This preseason has shown the most depth from an Eagles team in years. How much should we? be all-in to this point, especially with the defense. So to me, I completely agree that the fact that they're beating these teams, you beat the Ravens by the margin you did, you beat the Colts by the margin that the Eagles did, is is obviously a much deeper team. And, you know, where in years past you might have been like, all right, there's about like 45 or so set guys, and you're trying to figure out the last like eight or so roster spots, This year, you feel like you're going to be cutting a lot of good players. So that's going to be one of the challenging aspects uh, for Ed Manowitz and Chip Kelly and crew when it comes time to decide the final 53-man roster. But the defense definitely looks like it's much improved. Again, the depth across the board is much stronger. I think it's a good reason to be excited. You don't want to get carried away that's 2-0 in the preseason. Right, sure. But you you go back to the – uh, the Detroit Lions the year that they went 0
2: and 16 and they went 4-0 in the preseason. Exactly. Um, why who, did you why did you just get up well, yeah, Who is Who uh who who asked this question? Seth Scott. Seth. This is the sound of me going all in. All my chips. All my <laughs> chips in on the table, buddy. Oh my God. All right. I am I'm, I'm excited. The defense has shown a ton. The defense has shown a, a, a lot of improvement. The offense you got to be excited about DeMarco Murray and the run game, Ryan Matthews, you got to be excited about Sam Bradford. I'm excited. I'd go all in right now if I'm an Eagles fan.
0: That's a Shelton Ham grad making live audio. That was that's well done. That's
1: well done. We're sitting here in uh, the PR studio of the Novacare Complex, and
0: Graham uh, Fran just grabs the production our production backpack that we put all our heads in. I'm like, like,
1: and he just. I'm kind of stretching out my answer because I don't know when he's planning to sit back down again. To and uh, I thought you were going to put
0: your feet up on it to rest. I was like. What is he I doing? I know what he was doing. Look, don't
2: do. you know that it, as a as a producer, of BT, don't you have to appreciate working with talent that uh, is also oh, ab, from the production ab, ab, side? Ab, like c- I, I c- take
0: that into account. You, you totally use. understand the other side of thing. Not saying C Mac does. He's learning speeding, he's learning our our, right. our, yeah. our jargon, you
2: know. I wasn't gonna say, Okay, uh, Seth, here's a sound of me pushing all my chips in and then tell you to put in a drop later. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna use the sound effect.
0: I prefer talent over myself. So there you go. I'm yeah. at, I'm having to fill in today, pinch it. So And you
1: That's do right. a great job. You just suck with us. That's the only problem. That's all. All right. The last one today comes from at Jack McAndrew 54. Why is Josh Huff in bubble wrap? I mean, he's played pretty much the same snaps as the rest of the starters. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's the, that's how it is the, in the way offense. the cookie crumbles. Whatever right. cliche you want, you want to put in there. It's not – they're they're not trying to protect him. I mean, you look at the carries they're given to DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews and all these other guys. It's He's just following the script. He's – one of the starters Nick, at no, this point.
2: No question. and there, He's played just as much as all these other guys. Uh, he's been targeted a number of different times. He had a 12-yard reception for a first down the other night. Uh, I'm excited about Josh
1: Hoff. I know you're a Huff I guy, am too. I'm so very bullish on him. No question. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, again, you see you see the speed, the separation ability, the route running, very silky. You know, I think he's going to be good. I think Josh Hoff is going to be the underrated talent uh, in this receiver core. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you very much for Brian Thomas, lead producer, also taking over as part-time talent here, Chris Stevens, doing a wonderful job. jotting down a bunch of notes. Toast. I I think it's pretty much going to be the Chris Stevens podcast next week when we get ready (laughs) to play the New York Jets. Uh, For Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. Again, make sure to rate and comment no matter where you subscribe, especially if it's Pod Bay. Until next week. Thanks for checking out the Eagles Insider Podcast. Eagles be clear.